Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome, friends and neighbors. Hello again from Rome and the beautiful American Academy in Rome. Like in the United States, the big news here in Italy is still the war in Ukraine. Not only the devastating destruction inside Ukraine, but the impact of the war far beyond Ukraine. In fact, the United Nations reported this week that the war in Ukraine has unleashed a threefold perfect storm of consequences that's already disrupting the flow of food, fuel, and money in over 107 countries. Worldwide, according to the UN, 1.7 billion people already living in poverty and already hammered by COVID and climate change are now dealing with shortages in food, fuel, and cash as a result of the war in Ukraine. Aiding those countries and helping those people survive is the mission of six different UN agencies were considered so important that in addition to our ambassador to Italy, the United States has a special ambassador based here in Rome to the UN Agencies for Food and Agriculture. And to that important post, President Biden named Ambassador Cindy McCain, whom I met with this week at the American Embassy in Rome. Ambassador McCain, it's great to see you, uh, especially you. great to see you in Rome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to see you as well. It's been a while. We. Uh, meet on a very important day, the United Nations um, saying that we don't have to wait to see what the impact of the war in Ukraine is going to be around the world, that we're already seeing it. Uh, the Secretary General says it's a three-part catastrophe, really having an impact on food and f energy and money around the world. How bad is it? It's uh, just as bad as the Secretary General said and intimated, and in my mind, having seen a lot of it on the ground, I think it could possibly be worse. Uh, we're, we're faced with a situation. Ukraine uh, is and was the breadbasket of Europe and a good, good portion of the world. And our emergency foodstuffs were coming primarily out of Ukraine and somewhat out of Russia. And so now with, with, with uh, Ukraine, the inability for Ukraine to produce, and uh, with Russia being what they are now, being cut off from the world, basically, uh, we're having to we're faced with now having to take food from hungry children to give it to starving children. And we've cut food rations where there's a lot going on and we can get into that. But but this is a very serious situation and this has a ripple effect that goes around the world. So much beyond Ukraine, mm -hmm. as bad as it is mm -hmm. in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I guess much beyond Russia, because it must be impacting Russia as well. Mm -hmm. What are there any particular areas of the world? Mm -hmm. that well, uh, I'll start with with Africa, and we have issues with Madagascar, Kenya, the Sahel, 
these are these are regions that are seriously affected by climate change as well as instability. Uh, and so combined, uh, there's an inability in many cases to grow food and there's an inability to, to have any water to grow it with. So, I mean, it's a combination of things. And so what, what World Food Program does and what other agencies do is to provide emergency sustenance for these folks. And that's, it's, it, we've already cut rations. We're going to have to cut them more. And, and that, that will not only have a ripple effect immediately on the ground, but for generations to come. Uh, and part of that is because, is it, I guess the question is, Ukraine um, is a, and Russia both, a big supplier mm-hmm. of wheat particularly mm-hmm. and barley, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and those exports are needed. Yeah, they are, yeah. For other countries. Right. And these are people that are already having serious problems, mm-hmm. right? This, yeah. is, this is not new to them, already no. living yeah. And you've seen that in poverty. Malnutrition, uh, all the things that we see, uh, the, uh, our inability through World Food Program to produce the, the highly nutritious pace that we give our infants and our young children especially as well. Is this impacting food prices? Oh, well? most definitely. We've, we're seeing it in the United States mm-hmm. uh, as well as around the world. I mean, other countries are seeing it just as hard as we are. And it, it's going to get worse. It won't get any better right away. <clears throat> but let me, let me say, um, Ukraine had, had the crops in the ground. Ukraine, you know, they're mass producers of, of incredible foodstuffs. And because of this war and because of the, their inability to, number one, harvest the grain because there are landmines in the ground, uh, the equipment is mined, the roads are mined, the, the, the inability to move, if they could harvest, to get it out of there, is, it's, dry, it's non-existent. They, they can't use rail, they, the roads are unsafe. You know, you know mm-hmm. all the stories. We've all read what's going on. And, and with all of that said, so, so it, it's, it, it's a catastrophic and cataclysmic event in, in, within food, as you said, with economy and with gas and oil. As well. So how long will it take for them to recover? Oh, years. Years. I don't see this uh, it, with the damage that has been done and is being done on a daily basis. I don't, we don't see this recovering anytime soon. Even if the war were to stop right this moment, um, it would be years before we could get back. Uh, and is there anything in the short term that um, the United Nations or the United States can do? Oh, yes. No, the United States, as you know, the United States is the largest donor to the food and agriculture agencies that I deal with here in the world. We, we're, the, we're number one. And, and so, and on top of that, with the, the most recent donation of $1 billion by the Biden administration for humanitarian efforts combined. Mm-hmm. These are all, I mean, we're very involved in this, and we always have been, but now we're involved even more because of, because of just the, 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 the actions and the implication of what's going on on the ground. Right. Now, this comes on top of the work that the UN agencies for food yeah. and agriculture were already yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah around the world, which I think most Americans, including mm-hmm. yours truly, uh, don't really know a lot about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, this is a major focus it is it, for the United Nations. It is. And uh, how many people are we talking about around the world? Or, oh, my gosh. Or how many countries that really were 
that you, are in food food insecurity, yes. hundreds of millions. Really, uh, right now, because it because it it when we say food insecure, this we have to remember that there are a lot of reasons why people are food insecure, not just war, uh, climate change, as I mentioned, uh, water resources, water management, which is a huge. Uh, issue with me. I mean, I come from an area where we count yeah. the drops. Yeah. So, so water is a, a is one of my focuses. Um, it, you know, all of those things combined, and w- we have our emergency abilities through World Food Program that's being cut now because we don't have the grain and the supplies, and also our agencies like FAO, uh, EFAD. Uh, our our uh, ICROM and there's a lot of things that we do in these agencies here and I know those are acronyms and I can give you the, the rundown on them on them but but all of those things are come into play when we're talking about food insecurity and food the ability to sustain food as well and FAO deals primarily with sustainability and and uh, long long term effects of what what's happening right now. And the FAO is? FAO is Food and Agriculture Organization. And they're based here in Rome, obviously. All these are Rome agencies that I'm talking about. And one of the agencies that you're ambassador to? All of them. All of them. Yeah, all right. of them. Yeah. yeah. I get to, Ask- got to give my credentials six different times. It was fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so six different agencies. Six different agencies. It was fun. <laughs> you have six different hats? Exactly. <laughs> But, you know, it's just, it's, of course, we're in Rome where people are living a good life. In yeah. the United States, we're living this good life. And basically, most of us have three solid meals a day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's such a, people, I think, don't comprehend yeah. how many millions of people live on the edge. Uh, right on the edge. And it's more than you would think. Um, it. Uh, you know, when you start when you start talking about it, one of the, the places in Madagascar that I was, and I'd never been to Mad. I've been around the world. I'd never been to Madagascar. It's hard to get to. Let me mm-hmm. let me tell you also. But but one of the things that occurred to me that happened to me that it, I've been in situations like this before, but this has never actually happened to me, where mothers would come up to me begging me for food. Wow. I mean, it has it, it not just an impact on me, but this is not uncommon around the world now. People don't have food. And of course, it's always the most vulnerable are women and children that get hit first by it and and take and and suffer the long term effects of what what food insecurity and and uh, is doing to not just them personally, but to their communities and to their countries. Is this a program that like that has the support, first of all, of the United States, yes. correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Strong support. Strong yeah. support. Lar- again, largest donors. Mm-hmm. Other countries as well? Uh-huh. Yes, we do. We have Germany is a huge donor. Uh, Canada, of course. Australia is here. UK is here. I mean, the, the, the usual suspects, and I mean that in the kindest way, and also a lot of countries that you wouldn't suspect or you would think would be too small to participate, participate, participate in a major way. And so it's, this is not for lack of caring. I know some people think, well, people just don't care and they, you know, countries, they've got other things going yeah. on. That's not the case. But it, it is uh, such a huge problem that we, if we don't work on this together, then we're not going to be able to, to, to fix any of it. Part of what, part of, part of all this down, you know, on the long-term effect is using science and technology to grow more with less. 
uh, to use, again, water management that I mentioned, um, seeds, uh, producing seeds that, that can be more prosperous in their growth once they're planted, and having more seeds also. Seed vaults are, have become very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> now my, are my seed, the seed vaults around the world. But, um, but it's, it's, it's what I like to tell people that come in and people that get excited about this is, I want you, if you're going, going to come work to work here, if you want to participate or whatever, think outside the box. Present us with some great ideas that we could that we might not have thought about. And so I, you know, we're I'm after all of our usual suspects, our friends in Silicon Valley and our friends in Washington and our friends uh, overseas to really get together and think differently about how we can fix this problem, even, even though there's a war going on, but for the long-term effect for all of this, how we can help fix it. So it sounds like, I mean, you're approaching, you and the agents mm -hmm. are approaching this, a, a multi-level approach. Yes, it is very multi-level. Yeah. It's very multi-level. And it's also, uh, we have to. And very I mean, pragmatic, too. It, it has to be. You know, for years, this, the UN was criticized for being in silos. You know, it was very difficult to get anything done because he was siloed and no one, this didn't talk to this one. That's not the case anymore. The UN has changed and is still in the process of changing, but is changing its ways in terms of working together with other agencies and other groups of people within the UN system. So as our ambassador to these to these mm -hmm. agencies, uh, congratulations again. Thank what, you. What is, what is your role? What do you, you know, what, mm -hmm. what do you do to keep, to, to keep things moving and moving in the right direction and maybe even in a better direction? All of those things that we just talked about in terms of, you know, bringing in Public-private partnerships are a large part of this. Helping helping our organizations that we fund heavily, WFP and others, uh, do do better in terms of bringing in more more involvement, bringing in more people, more money, etc. But also uh, in also making sure that we, there's good governance within the FAO system and the other the EFADs and all the other agencies that are within there, uh, because good governance and transparency is extremely important. Um, and and there's been some guilt along the way where there's not been the most optimum of, of mm -hmm. transparency. Are there particular areas of the world that are the hot of the, the where the biggest problems are? I mean, you think about I think if I think of poverty, I think of Bangladesh, or I think of yeah. Central Africa, maybe. Well, uh, I think Africa certainly is a large one, and of course, some of our near eastern ones, Yemen, uh, Ethiopia, and that Ethiopia is Africa, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, because there, there's also conflict there, as, as well as climate change and, and the inability to produce and grow food. Um, it's all of these things, you know, I, I'm, sometimes people will say to me, well, why do you want to get involved with someplace like Ethiopia? They don't care. Well, you know what? Their people are starving. So that's our mandate, is to make sure that we can feed as many people as possible and do it, do it in a way that we can, can save lives. Right. But it sounds, so you're, in some cases, it's delivering food, mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. and other cases, it's, it's helping them grow their own. Grow their right? own. Exactly. Exactly. No, listen, nobody, as you know, nobody wants to live off handouts. I mean, that just isn't the, the human way. Self-sustainability is what we're all mm -hmm. about. So, yes, we, we work on, on many different, in many different areas. For instance, climate-smart agriculture. So there's there's now ways. I'm not I'm not a scientist, nor nor 
nor an agriculturist at all, but but there's there's ways now to grow food that not only sustains the land, but helps you know produce more oxygen and nitrates and things that go in the soil if it's alongside another kind of crop. So and that's a very simplistic way to put this. <laughs> but but climate smart agriculture is is not a new thing, but it's now being used widely, and it's it, it can be very helpful. Right. I mean the time is require that yeah. right necessitate yeah that. we have to you've mentioned water management mm-hmm. a couple of times yeah. coming from the arid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> land of arizona and the colorado river you know we, yeah. we californians are still fighting you i know we're still Col- fighting you i know with <laughs> over the colorado river water so how is that tell us about that mm-hmm. you said that's a passion of yours what what are some of the things you're you're working on in that area well part, part of what what we do here is to also connect people. So, for instance, again, and I'll go back to Madagascar just because yeah. this is the most recent trip. But but connect people from Madagascar to perhaps universities or agencies or organizations to to then work together uh, to start water management. There's no there's no example of water management at all in Madagascar. So not just because there's water there, but the management of it is so critical. You mean getting it to where it not, should be? Not to just grow getting crops? it to, but once it's there, how do you manage it? How do you how do you get you know more for less kind of thing? What happens if we go low? How can we sustain it at another level? You know, it, it there's a lot of different ways you can do it. And so and areas like Arizona is a good example. The Southwest is great at this in terms of being able to teach others how to manage water. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, you know, I'm always up for letting people see what's going on in Arizona because it's, but I know there's other parts of the world that are good at this too. Uh, but it, teaching, helping, helping give them the tools to manage uh, their own land and their own water and their own, their own, uh, the criticality of it. Why should people, why should Americans care about other parts of the world where people are uh, starving? I understand. I understand. I, I, I've spoken to many groups, and I'm sure you have too, uh, in in large organizations. And when you start talking about these parts of the world, their eyes glaze over. Yeah. And they they say, oh, I it's too much. I can't deal with it. You know, let's talk about local. Um, all good, but but it, you know, we're all human beings, and we're on the same planet together. And starvation and lack of water this creates unrest. Aside from all the other issues. And unrest doesn't do anybody any good. And so it's, it's, it's in our interest to help make sure that people are fed and are thriving and are, are, can, can not just eat and drink, but also uh, manage their children, give them an education. It's all sprouts from being, being sure that people are fed. Mm-hmm. And so, so in my opinion, when people come back at me, and I know they've done you, but they'll come back at me, I, and I said, no. You need to listen, and here's why. Because it's 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 in our best interest if we if people are fed. Coming back to the war in Ukraine yeah. uh, and the immediate impact, you you've been on the ground, you've mm-hmm. seen it, not in Ukraine but in Poland, yeah, yeah, on the border, and you've seen the refugees leaving. Have, have, did you have a chance to talk to any of them? Mm-hmm. What are yeah. what are they telling you? Are they? Yeah, uh, none of them want to be there. None of them wanted to leave. These are mostly women and children that are coming across the border. As you know, the men have to stay. Yeah. Um, and they're you know they don't want to leave their families, their husbands, their homes. Uh, it's it's tra- it's like it's like every refugee uh, life. It's 
it's tragic. It's terrible. And so uh, these people, though, with that said, there's there's a great deal of willingness and angst about returning. Uh, most of these women said, if I could find a place for my kids, I'd go back and fight with my husband, hmm. which is, you know, I'm not sure you'd hear that out of the United States. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I think you might hear the opposite. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's remarkable. Yeah. Do they see this as a, but first of all, are they being taken care of? Taken care of beautifully. When the when this is done and all the books are written, the, the one element that's going to come out of this that I think is, is, is the absolute example of what this was about is how the Polish people have treated the refugees, the Ukrainian refugees, with love, kindness, dignity, respect, um, this is how we should treat our fellow man. And the Poles are a great example of this. I was overwhelmed with what I saw and how, because I've seen situations, I'm sure you have too, where it's anything but that. Right. And there's still many, you know, there's many refugee camps existing right now around the world where they're treated like animals, as you know. Do do the, the refugees that you talk to, do they see this as a... Uh... Temporary or a permanent situation? No, they see it as temporary. Right. Most of them do anyway. I think some of them had families, so they may. But no, for the most part, the people that I talked to saw it as a t- just temporary. Right. They have no intention of staying. They want to go back. Right. And in the meantime, uh, Poland and some other countries too are doing their best to provide housing, yes. food. Housing. Get kids in school. And- exactly. All the above. Um, the Poles have been very good about that. And and they're and they 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 talk about it as a sense of pride in how they're you know how they are treating them so it's it's a remarkable situation and it's 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 overwhelming because it just makes you feel so good as a fellow human being that people are, are behaving this way other countries germany i don't know what other countries are, are taking in i don't know I, I can't talk about germany or any of those but the other yeah. surrounding countries are also doing the same thing i think some of the smaller countries are struggling a bit just because of the size and their ability to give uh to give uh give help in any way um uh, but I, if for all in all, for the most part, I think everyone's being treated well. Yeah. Now, there are some issues. Let me say this. Yeah. Um, because I, there's, there's an issue with one of the crossings. I'm sure it's more than one of them uh, with human trafficking. And this has become an issue. And as you know, this is, this is a topic that, um, that, mm. that unless it's, you know, there's, there's ways to ask questions of refugees and there's way to, add, to take a look at what's going on, et cetera. But we, we as, a, as world leaders on this, have to, have to worry about this because there's a lot of very vulnerable women and children coming across, and they are being trafficked. People preying on these refugees. Right, preying on them. And not so much in Poland. I'm not suggesting that about Poland at all. I am suggesting about some of the other countries. Though. Right. It's really hard to believe the suffering this war in Ukraine has caused around the world. But before we move on, Ambassador, please hold on while we pause here for a quick break. Friends, you know, I'm like you, I'm sure. Every time we see the images of Ukraine on television, people being blown out of their apartment buildings, taking shelter in basements, fleeing to the borders, families breaking up. All of us ask ourselves, oh my God, what can we do? How can we possibly help? Here's another idea. Carol and I are doing this, and I hope you will too. 
uh, let's help out the world's central kitchen. Jose Andres and his people are on the scene like they are with every major disaster. Uh, they're on the job in Ukraine, in Poland, Moldova, in Romania, uh, helping the refugees, providing hot meals, and a whole lot more. They need our help. Uh, and that's one way to get help directly to the Ukrainian people. Go to their website at wck.org, wck.org, and provide whatever help you can. Thank you. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back with a very special edition of the Bill Press Pod from Rome with Ambassador Cindy McCain working for all of us as the U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Agencies for Food and Agriculture. You've also been to refugee camps in Kenya? Yeah. 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 And tell mm -hmm. us about that. Yeah, the, the, the year, some years back, and I mean this, I went with Dikembe Mutombo, and we visited a place called Dadaab, which is a famous, huge refugee camp. And these are Somali refugees that, that are it's generational. Mm -hmm. They've come across, and they have not been able to return, and they can't. They can't uh, join a life in Kenya, and and so we, uh, I've seen those and seen the result of those, and, and it's not good. This most this most recent uh, uh, adventure that we had in terms of seeing the camps and stuff was um, it was similar in that uh, pe people aren't. It's not so much that they can't get out; they just don't have an ability to get out because they don't have a way of making a living. So it's. It, it's the camps are refugee camps are are I've been I've seen them around the world there mm. I don't think there's any region I haven't seen a refugee camp in and it's hard I mean you know and, and the the truth is that some of these my very limited travel yeah. and I've never been to one of these refugee camps but these are people who've been there families that have been there like long term forever right I yeah mean, generations almost... just generations and that's unacceptable also uh, you know, you can't just put people in pens and leave them there um, like this. And, and I know there's some other camps around the world that are equally as disastrous as those. Uh, but now I think that's something that we as, as 
certainly the United Nations and other organizations have dealt with and are dealing with, but in a more firm way. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, you know, that's out of my lane right now. So I shouldn't <laughs> be talking about that. <laughs> Is there anything that Americans can do? I mean, people, you know, they see plight of the people in Ukraine and mm -hmm. the intense destruction and the suffering there and the people fleeing their, their country. So as Americans, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we we want to we want to help. Now mm -hmm. the UN is doing right this, this great work that you've described right, right. with the su strong support of the United States. Anything individuals can do? Sure, uh, World Food Program, UNICEF, UNHCR, uh, all have foundations and all have the ability for donors to give private money to it. I, I realize it's easy to say we'll give money, yeah, but that's what they need right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they sure. really need it right now. So. So I encourage everyone to take a look at any of those and see what they do and, and find something that you like. Um, as much as I would like to say, please come join us and help us out, it's not feasible. It's too dangerous. And so what I tell people is just, if you can give your money, that's the best thing you can do uh, with any of this. Uh, and there are, as you say, lots of opportunities. For lots of opportunities. Go online and they can find them. Right, you can. Friends that I have uh, know who have been um, lucky enough to be appointed ambassadors, uh, have always told me that Rome is the <laughs> best possible assignment. Yes, I don't disagree. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you add your name to that list? I would absolutely add my name to this list. I, you know, it, it's the, the issues that we deal with are so hard and so overwhelming many times and so so difficult but this community of, of like-minded people and people from around the world representing their countries on these issues and working on them together is like none other it's it's truly and to be able to do it in rome makes it makes it even even more uh more of a of an exciting job uh and rome is very very welcoming of all of us you know we're there's a lot of us here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're very welcoming of us. And so it's I enjoy being here, and I enjoy the opportunity to serve my country, more importantly. Well, it's great for us to have you here, Thank uh, you. Ambassador, Thank and, you. and great to see you again. And thanks so much for your time, for your good work. These are a lot of serious issues you're dealing with. <laughs> I've been on the job eight weeks when the, when the war broke out. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, I w so I was kind of uh, baptism by fire but I but I, I tell you something they're doing we're doing amazing work here and the stuff that's coming out of here and the ability to help uh, at least curtail some of this is going to be going to, going to be something else well again good to have you thanks thanks Thank for, you. thanks for what you're doing Thank great you. to see you and that's it for today's edition of the Bill Press pod a great big thanks to Ambassador McCain and of course a big thanks to all of you for once again joining in. Our weekly Reporters' Roundtable is next, back again this week on Friday. And then I'll be back next week again from Rome. Until then, arrivederci. Ciao. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.